First Kings chapter 17. Our text for this morning is the verse 22. First Kings 17 verse 22. And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came into him again. And he revived. When the friends of Job visited him and saw how his afflictions had affected him and led him low, they came to the conclusion that there must be some great sin in his life. Indeed, Eliphaz the Temanite came to him and said, is not thy wickedness great and thine iniquities infinite? Basically saying, all this has come upon you, Job, because there's sin in your life. But his three friends really could not have been more mistaken regarding why Job was suffering because the Lord said of Job and it's the Lord's word that matters the Lord said of Job hast thou considered my servant Job there is none like him in the earth a perfect and upright man one that feareth God and escheweth evil turns away from evil Job 1 verse 8 and there's the evidence that a man can live a life pleasing to God and yet at the same time suffer trouble and trials in his life great Scottish preacher of whom I'm very fond of reading Samuel Rutherford Samuel Rutherford over the course of his life lost a wife and six children to sickness sickness took a wife and six of his children Samuel Rutherford was the man who on his deathbed cried out the lamb is all the glory in Emmanuel's land had there been some great sin in Rutherford's life that he suffered such losses was it the judgment of God upon him not at all Rutherford was a holy man And here we find this dear widow of Zarephath. This dear woman had lost her husband. And she was about to lose her son. She had been faithful and obedient 
to the Lord and his word. For, verses 14 and 15. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil until the day the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she did. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah. And she and he and her house did eat many days. And so what Elijah had told her to do, she obeyed. Because the Lord had sent Elijah to this widow woman of Zarephath. And she was to care for Elijah. And so she did what she was told to do. But as we see the death of her son, like the death of Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, was for the glory of God. For the glory of God and the Son and the Son of God might be glorified. Because as Lazarus was raised to life again, so was the widow's son. And who was given the glory? None other than the God of heaven. So we want to consider this prayer meeting that Elijah had in his loft where he had taken the child and prayed over him. An unusual prayer meeting. Yes, it most certainly was. I want first of all to consider the passing of the widow's son. The passing of the widow's son. The widow of Zarathath had just witnessed an amazing working of the Lord in her home. We read there in the verse 16, after the woman had done what she was asked to do, the barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. And so after she saw that great working of God, we then are told about what had taken place regarding her son. It was shortly after that that this dear widow mother suffered the loss of her only son. I want you to consider regarding the past of the widow, passing of the widow's son, consider first of all her cross. Her cross. Some people are called upon to bear heavy crosses <coughs> during their life. And certainly this woman was no exception. We are told first of all about her loss. Elijah was told by the Lord to go to Zarephath. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman. There's her loss. She's a widow. She lost her husband. 
had commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. There we are told about her loss. The breadwinner of the home had been taken from her. That was a heavy cross for this woman to bear. As well as her loss, we're told about her living. Her living. When Elijah met the woman, what was she doing? Well, we're told in verse 12, she was there gathering two sticks. Not an armful of sticks, two sticks. What for? She was going to cook a meal for herself and her young child. As far as she was concerned, it was her last meal. She told Elijah that she was going to cook a meal and have it before she and her child died. That tells us about the abject poverty that this dear woman was in. What a cross she had to bear. She lost her husband. And as evidence, she lost everything she had. She had only enough for one meal in the house. Before, as she told Elijah, before she and her son died. That was a heavy cross. As well as her loss and her living. It brings us now to her lad. We're told that her only son fell sick and died in verse 17 and it came to pass after these things that the son of the woman the mistress of the house fell sick and the sickness was so sore that there was no breath left in him lost her husband she was an object poverty and now she loses her only son who evidently was just a little child she was able to hold him in her, in her arms can you imagine what, was that, what that was like for that dear woman what a heart breaking experience basically as far as this world was concerned she had lost everything Her loss, her living, her lad. That brings us now to her Lord. Her Lord. Yes, the Lord sent Elijah to the house of the widow woman for the widow to sustain God's servant. But that does not tell the whole story. Because the Lord Jesus spoke about that widow. If you turn please to Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4 verse 25. Luke 4 verse 25. And I tell you of the truth. The Lord speaking here. Many widows were in the land, were in Israel, in the days of Elias or Elijah. 
when the heaven was shut up three years and six months when great famine was throughout all the land but unto none of them was Elias sent save unto Sarepta a city of Sidon unto a woman that was a widow what did the Lord say there in the verse 25 but I tell you the truth many widows were in the land of Israel many widows but this one widow was chosen by the Lord out of the many widows in the land this one widow was chosen by the Lord to be used by the Lord to take care of Elijah to sustain him with food in other words this widow was a chosen vessel unto the Lord for of all the widows in the land the Lord chose this one the widow woman of Zarephal find something else about her she was a woman that communicated with the Lord if you look there in 1 Kings 17 and verse 9 look at the wording the Lord spoke to Elijah arise and go thee to Zarephath which belongeth to Zidon and dwell there because behold I have commanded the widow and so here the Lord was in fellowship was in communication with this widow I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain me and so this woman was in touch with the Lord and the Lord was in touch with her of all the widows in the land she was the one who was chosen so this tells us something about her relationship with the God of heaven and yet she lost her husband and she lost her only son but one thing we're sure of and she was sure of she hadn't lost the Lord the Lord was with her and the Lord was with her through it all and of course the Lord Jesus knows all about bearing a cross as well as her cross we notice her charge this dear bereaved widow brought a charge against Elijah look at verse 18 the son has passed away and she said unto Elijah what have I to do with thee O thy man of God art thou come unto me to call my sin to remembrance and to slay my son it was quite a serious charge wasn't it in other words she was basically blaming Elijah for her son died when he came to the house she charged Elijah saying it was his fault 
and her son had died. But let us not be too hard on this when a woman are too critical of her. She had just lost her only son and there she stood holding him in her arms. You know, in times of distress, none of us know what we might say in haste. And I personally would not be too critical of this widow and what she said to Elijah. Because I believe she said it in haste. Others perhaps more spiritual perhaps more in touch with the Lord have also spoken in haste listen to what David said David king of Israel for I said in my haste I am cut off before thine eyes, Psalm 31, 22. You could say the Lord, that David was accusing the Lord. I am cut off before thine eyes. <coughs> David said, I said that in my haste. Once again, David, Psalm 116, verse 11 said, I said in my haste, all men are liars. Of course that wasn't true. But David had spoken in his. What did the Lord say about David? We mentioned there the friends of Job. And what they said about Job. And yet the Lord said there was not a man like him in the earth. One who feared God and eschewed evil or turned away from evil. This is what God said about David. The man that spoken in haste. He raised up David to be their king to whom he gave testimony and said I have found David the son of Jesse a man after my own heart that's what God said about David he's a man after my own heart which shall fulfill all my will a man after God's own heart and yet that same man had said things that were not correct and he had said things in haste let's not be too critical then of this widow for I believe what she said to Elijah was said in haste basically accusing Elijah of the death of her son So let us remember 
a person's circumstances when they say something that's perhaps completely out of character let's take into consideration their circumstances and perhaps what they're suffering as well as their cross and their charge they have her concern because of what had taken place with her son she was concerned that maybe there was some sin in her life the fact that her child died brought her to the place of examining her own heart nothing wrong with that she was examining her own heart but not what she said what am I to do with thee O thy man of God art thou come to call my sin to remembrance she thought about her sin and how she lived you know in this I admire this poor widow I admire her because what had happened she was, she was ready to examine her life and examine her heart to see if there was some unconfessed sin in her life they have to condemn the person who does that We refer once again to David. Turn to Psalm 139. Psalm 139. The last two verses of the psalm. David says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting search me O God and see and know my heart and try me and know my thought and see if there be any wicked way in me and that not to be our action as well to make sure that there is no wicked way in us. If we desire to live a holy life, if we desire to be more like Christ, if we desire to walk in the path of righteousness, then ought we not to say with David, Lord, search my heart. As for that woman, did that day, they thought about maybe there's some unconfessed sin in my life. We have to commend her for that. Paul said, 1 Corinthians 11 28. And often when we come to the Lord's table, we read these words. Let a man examine himself. 
and say, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Let a man examine himself. And see if there's any unconfessed sin there in our lives. And when we discover and find our sin there, then we can take it to the Lord and confess our sin, knowing that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have the passing of the widow's son. One is to notice next the praying for the widow's son. There we see this poor heartbroken widow. You get the picture. She's standing with her child in her arms. And she stands before Elijah with the still form of her dead child. What did Elijah do? First of all, we see his attitude. Notice the dear widow in distress. Said to Elijah, Art thou come unto me to call to my <coughs> sin to remembrance and to slay my son? That was quite a serious charge. Is your coming into my home brought about all this trouble? Elijah, this is your fault. We see now Elijah's attitude. Here the woman has made this charge. <coughs> A lesser individual than Elijah would have stood there and argued with the woman and defended himself. But Elijah never said a word in his own defense. He never said a word reminding us of the words of Solomon when he said, A salt dancer turneth away wrath. But a grievous word stirred up anger. Proverbs 15 and 1. Yes, in our perfect example, the Lord Jesus Christ, he behaved the same way. For I read in Matthew 26, Matthew 26 and verse 61. And he said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God. This is, they're accusing the Lord. And to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? Have you nothing to say? What is it which these witnessed against thee? And Jesus held his peace 
praise the Lord. They made these accusations against the Savior and we're told that Jesus held his peace. And here is this woman and she's made this accusation against uh, Elijah and he has held his peace. Elijah was Christ-like in his dealings with this woman and the charge that she brought against them. I have no doubt that Elijah felt for this woman. Can you imagine? Imagine how any one of us would have felt. This woman standing before you with her child in her arms, dead. How would you feel? Your heart would go out to her. Your heart would go out to her. And that's what happened with Elijah. Because we read in James 5 and verse 17, Elijah was a man subject to like passions as we are. Mark the words. Elijah was a man. That's right. Just an ordinary man like you and me. Subject to like passions as we are. He had a tender heart. And when he saw that woman stand there with her child, his heart went out to her. Look at verse 19. She has just charged them. Verse 19. He said unto her, Give me thy son. I think those are lovely and touching words. When you think again of what the woman has said to Elijah and said about him, and how she was basically blaming him for the death of her child, Elijah never argued. He just says, Give me thy son. And she took the son out of her bosom. As I say, what touching words they are. What touching action that was. Elijah took this dear widow's burden from her. And what did he do? He made it his own. He took the woman's burden and he made it his own. Because he holds the child now in his arms. And carries him up into the law. Isn't that the attitude we all ought to have towards others who carry heavy burdens? Isn't that what Paul said in Galatians 6 and verse 2? Bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Well, that's what that prophet did. He bore this woman's burden. 
heartbroken widow. He followed the example of Christ. For isn't Christ the great burden bearer? Praise his name. The Lord bears our burden. Sure, didn't he say? Didn't he say that? Come unto me, O ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The Lord is saying, Bring your burdens to me. Share your burdens with me, and I will carry them for you. Now if your body suffers pain and your health you can't regain and your soul is slowly sinking in despair Jesus knows the pain that you feel. He can save and he can heal. Take your burden to the Lord. And leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust and never doubt, He will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. He's the great burden bearer. And we've often said, He has broad shoulders. Doesn't matter how heavy your burden is, Christ will carry it. Because He is burden bearer when Elijah took this poor widow's burden and Elijah brought that burden to the Lord in prayer verses 19 and 20 and he said unto her give me thy son and he took him out of her bosom and carried him up into a loft where he abode and laid him upon his own bed and he cried unto the Lord said, Lord, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon this widow, with whom I sojourned my slave, her son? You might think those are hard words. But what we have here is not only Elijah's attitude, And how he didn't answer the woman and argue with her. He just says, give me thy son. Now, we have his arguments. He's taken the child up into the loft. And he prays for the child. And in praying, he used arguments. Bible commentator Matthew Poole. Matthew Poole said, This is a prayer of powerful arguments. Elijah was a man of prayer. He certainly knew how to pray. And here he uses arguments in prayer. Here Elijah pleads with the Lord not to add to this poor widow woman's afflictions by taking away her son that's his argument and then he argues 
This window, she cared for me. I came into her home and she has cared for me. And he said, Lord, don't add to this woman's affliction. She's cared for me. He used arguments in prayer. And believe her, when we pray, we can use arguments. Paul exhorted the saints at Rome distributing to the necessity of saints given the hospitality. This woman was given the hospitality. She cared for Elijah. And Elijah's using the argument don't add to this woman's afflictions has cared for me. She's already lost her husband. This was his argument. When we come before the Lord, we can use arguments. I'll give you an example. First Chronicles. First Chronicles. Chapter 17. First Chronicles 17. And David. <coughs> Verse 23. Therefore now, Lord, let the thing that thou hast spoken. And so there, God's servant is bringing the Lord's promise before him we've said before but see it Spurgeon said he said God's promises are to be claimed not framed you can look at a promise of God and admire it and as it were frame it but Spurgeon says you're to claim God's promises this is what God's servant is doing here. Therefore now, Lord, let the thing that thou hast spoken concerning thy servant and concerning his house be established forever and do as thou hast said. That's his argument. He said, Lord, thou hast given me a promise. Now, Lord, keep that promise. Do as thou hast said. Has the Lord given you a promise? Some particular promise that you prayed over and prayed over for months, maybe years. Well, we can come reverently to the Lord and say, Lord, Lord, do as thou hast said. Thou hast promised me this or that. Lord, do as thou hast said. So we have noticed his attitude, his arguments. That leads us to consider his actions. Along with his prayers, he took the child up into his law, 
and prayed unto the Lord and cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God, hast thou also brought evil upon the widow with whom I sojourn by slaying her son? And then we read the next verse. He stretched himself upon the child three times. He stretched himself upon the child at the same time as he was praying. So he lay prostrate on the child as he's praying to the Lord God of heaven. That speaks to us of his fervency. It shows us just how burdened Elijah was for this child. And this bereaved widow. We can say that he stretched himself in prayer because he lay prostrate on the child and he, as he prayed, he prayed at the same time. He stretched himself in prayer. There's a lesson for us how we need to stretch ourselves in prayer here's an example another example of, of Elijah's praying as James said James 5 verse 17 the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much well we know what the prayers of Elijah had done it had shut up heaven but there was no rain. And then he prayed again <coughs> that there would be rain, that God would open the heavens. Elijah was fervent in prayer. Elijah knew how to pray, how to pray. And he was certainly fervent here again as he prayed over this child. Surely if we want to see answers to our prayer, we have to be fervent as well. Some particular matter, some particular burden that we have, and we've been praying for it for a while. But have we been really fervent about it? Really burdened about it? That we've gone the second mile to pray, Lord, do you? as God has said his fervency and his faith here's something up until this point here of Elijah praying for this child there was no occasion of anyone <coughs> being raised from the dead until Elijah prays for this child. In other words, Elijah couldn't follow somebody else's example. Elijah couldn't say, Lord, thou dost raise a man from the dead through the prayers of someone else. There had never been anybody raised from the dead 
when Elijah prayed for this child. There's his faith. Not amazing. Here was Elijah praying for something that had never been seen before. The raising up of this child. He was praying for something that had never been done before. <coughs> he prayed that the dead would be raised to life. If what you're praying for has never been done before, never been seen before, then like Elijah, have faith in God. Elijah never seen a person raised to life before, but he was praying to that end. Something else here. Notice who he was praying to. And verse 20, And he cried unto the Lord and said, O Lord my God. This was something our brother Fraser had pointed out last Tuesday night at a prayer meeting the word Lord is capitalized <coughs> oh Lord my God capitalized Lord whenever you come across the name Lord and it's capitalized in scripture it means Jehovah and here's Elijah and he's prayed to Jehovah the almighty God of heaven a maker of heaven and earth he's praying to the almighty so when we pray to the Lord God of Jehovah anything can happen There's no telling what the Lord God of heaven cannot do. Elijah had never seen or heard of anyone been raised from the dead before, but he was praying to the Lord God Jehovah. And Elijah had faith in Jehovah. And he was praying for the child to be raised to life he believed the Almighty could do it. And what you're praying for, believer, when you're praying to the Lord Jehovah, God is able to do it. Take heart. The Lord is able to do it. Why? Because he is Jehovah. He is the Almighty. And maybe you're praying for those who are dead spiritually. Well, when you're praying to the Lord God Almighty, He's able to raise those that are dead, spiritual, to newness of life in Christ. Praise the Lord. Finally and quickly, we've considered the passing of the widow's son, the praying for the widow's son. Now we come to the presenting of the widow's son. Even though Elijah had never seen God raise the dead before, 
He believed Jehovah could do it, and he did. We read in verse 22, And the Lord heard the voice of Elijah. And the soul of the child came into him again, and he revived. I like those words. The Lord heard the voice of Elijah. He recognized the voice of the servant. Lord recognizes the voice of his children. He recognized the voice of Elijah. You have first of all the reviving. Notice the wording. The soul of the child came in to him again and he revived. There's a telling point. The soul of the child came in to him again. In other words, when the child died, the soul departed. And that's what takes place. When someone passes away, the soul departs. Here we see it. The body may be in the grave, but the soul's not there. The soul has departed to one of two destinations. The soul has departed to heaven or to hell. Job said, but man dieth and wasteth the way, yea, man giveth up the ghost, and where is he? See? Man dieth and wasteth the way, so the body's in the grave. But then he says, and where is he? In other words, he's speaking about the soul. Where is the soul? That's the sobering thought. Need to make sure your soul is right with God. Need to be saved by the grace of God, washed in the blood. As well as the reviving, you have the reunion. That is, the child Elijah had taken and prayed for is able to return him to his mother. And what a reunion that was. You could say that was a family reunion. Mother and son reunited again. That just speaks to us of the family reunions there's going to be in heaven. will be united with those who have gone on before. And what a reunion that will be when we meet once again our loved ones in glory. There's a reviving, there's a reunion, there's a recognition. Verse 24 in the window and the woman said to Elijah, 
Now by this I know that thou art a man of God <coughs> and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is truth. This woman recognized Elijah now as a man of God. Why? Because he was a man of prayer. He had taken the widow's son, brought him up into his love, and prayed for him. That's what makes a man of God. Man of God must be a man of prayer. And thou art a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in thy mouth is that's what marks out a man of God a prophet of the Lord a preacher of the Lord the words that he preaches must be the word of God if he doesn't preach the word of God he's not a man of God and the word that he preaches must be the word of truth thy word is truth and the widow acknowledged that Elijah was truly a man of God the prayer that raised the dead and think of it believer if God did that for Elijah in answer to his prayer as he prayed to the Lord Jehovah he can do it for you and me for whatever you are praying for don't give up Elijah stretched himself upon the child three times he didn't just pray once and say oh well I'll leave it there he went the second time and he went the third time and he kept on until God answered his prayer let us learn from Elijah today and apply these truths to our own prayer lives. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts. Let's follow in prayer. <coughs> oh, our dear Lord, we cry before thee this day. We thank thee that, Lord, thou art the God who answers Thou dost answer prayer. I believe, Lord, that every believer here in the house this morning can testify to that truth. God answers prayer. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do the Father may be glorified in the Son. Not what I do. Lord, make us all true prayer warriors. That alone. As it were, stretch ourselves in prayer until the answer we gain. Lord, bless us now around the table. 
draw near to us and bring the saints of Calvary before us. And for any Lord that are not able to stay, and thy blessing be their portion as they leave. We ask these things in our Saviour's name. Amen.